Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Hi, Allison. Hi. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am too. Today we have Allison Ashley. She is a contemporary romance author, and I can't wait to hear about all... Ah! My, my tongue is getting tied on a Monday morning. I cannot wait to hear all about your book. Oh, I'm excited to talk about them. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing more fun to talk about than the, the love stories that I write for me. <laughs> well, awesome. Do you want to jump in and tell us about your books, your writing, your characters, everything romance? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I have been writing, um, kind of just for myself for probably five-ish years now. Um, I've always been a huge reader and contemporary romance has always been my favorite. Um, I finally started kind of writing and looking toward the publishing path in 2018, um, 2019. And I, um, finally published my first book uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So my first book, uh, Perfect Distraction, um, was released in March of 2020. Uh, so, so far, I have not published a book not in a pandemic. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hope that eventually <laughs> I see what it's like not to do that. But in some ways, it's been kind of really special to be part of that kind of artistic community that has given people um, something to, you know, bring them hope and happiness in this kind of rough two years. I've seen so many people talk about how they've turned to books and music and, you know, TV shows and just kind of this artistic community of, you know, film and reading. And so it's been actually in some ways kind of neat. Um, but my first book, um, is uh, about an oncology pharmacist, which is actually my day job, um, who falls for a patient who is receiving treatment for cancer at her cancer center. Um, and then I went ahead and self-published sort of a um, spinoff from characters in that book. I self-published that last year. And then in August of this year, so August, 2022, I have um, a book coming out with Mira, which is a HarperCollins and Harlequin imprint. Um, all the kind of publisher companies, I feel like they're kind of all intermixed and intermingled. Um, and that one is a best friends to lovers kind of contemporary marriage of convenience um, that I'm super excited about. That one, writing that book um, was just, one of the best experiences and so I'm really excited for that one to come out so those are kind of my published books uh this is not mentioning all the ones uh that I wrote before that that will probably never see the light of day I'm sure we all have those <laughs> um but that's that's what I've got kind of on the table right now neat and what make sure you give us the title so we can oh yes so my initial published book was perfect distraction um the self-published title is home sweet mess and then my book coming out in August is called Would You Rather? Would You Rather. Oh, I like all those titles. <laughs> and so the first one is Perfect Distraction and an Oncology Pharmacist Meets a Patient. What is, what are the characters' names there? Sure. So that's Lauren and Andrew. Um, and that one, you know, 
that that book is obviously very near and dear to my heart just because it um, it is about somebody who has the job that I have. So I really loved, I mean, you know, from the romance standpoint, it was so cool just because it was, it was not quite a forbidden romance because she's not directly over his care, but sort of an, it is kind of a gray ethical line. Um, so I kind of always talked about it as being kind of a gray's anatomy type trope where, you know, the, um, some, you know, physicians or nurses can, you know, when you, when you're spending that much time involved with a patient and, and get to know them and are just, um, you know, wanting such good things for them, um, most of the time it's a very platonic feeling, but, you know, this was two single people who um, had a lot in common otherwise and who kind of got to know each other through this journey. Um, so the romance itself um, just really bloomed in an incredible way, but I also loved being able to write in how it feels to be a healthcare provider. Um, so from Lauren's standpoint, it was really um, kind of uh, freeing for me to be able to talk about how it feels. It's um, an incredible job, but it can be really emotionally draining. And so being able to talk about how folks who work in that field are able to kind of get through their days and the wins and not wins that you see, that was really kind of a, a fun thing for me to write and be able to show readers. Um, and I have not personally had cancer myself, but I do feel like because I've um, worked with so many people, I was able to give Andrew, um, who has Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, a, a relatively authentic experience of what it's like to go through um, kind of the, the fears and the, you know, triumphs and just the strength it takes to go through that. So um, that book just, it, it really has a lot of um, what I've seen on a daily basis in my day job and was um, really a joy to write to. That sounds really neat. I, and you answered my, my first question was, was there a gray line there? Was there a line that they weren't supposed to cross? And you answered that question. And, but I would think it's really important and really good to be showing people how people in the healthcare field are feeling their experiences, especially the past two years. I mean, you guys have been even more taxed with the COVID and um, I, was in min, or was am am sort of am still my day job is also in the biotech field and I never considered going into medical biotech or microbi my microbiology is my background just because of that because I knew I couldn't handle being around patients I couldn't handle you know doing the research it took to get there because I just have too soft a heart. Like it would just pull me down every day. So kudos to the, I have immense appreciation and respect for people that are able to, to do those jobs and fill those roles. Well, and I even, you know, I wrote that since it was published in March of 2020, I wrote it well before that, you know, so it, it was kind of timely um, that uh, it, it had nothing to do with COVID where I wanted to talk about what it's like to be a provider oncology because that just, you know, has always been a field. And I, you know, when I was in pharmacy school, it, it wasn't my initial plan to go into oncology. And I was worried about my ability to kind of emotionally withstand um, that field. But once I experienced it and got into it, I just can't imagine doing anything else. Um, the, yes, there are some sad days, but there are also a lot of wins. And you know, even in the patients you don't cure, some of the um, strength and joys that you see just during the process and the way people come together, where it's whether it's the patient's families, which is actually a huge part of the book. Andrew's family, he has 
ton of women. Uh, he has several sisters and his mom who just like flock around him and drive him crazy, actually. Um, but it's, it can be really special to see um, just the love in all areas. So, you know, of course, I bring in romantic love in the book, but just the love of family and friends. And then truly just the um, the care that the providers have and, and really how we get um, through it ourselves. We lean on each other. So, you know, um, my coworkers are really how I'm able to do it too. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so even, it was even all pre-pandemic, but it's just been a, it was, um, I think maybe that affected people reading it is because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and they were realizing, wow, this, you know, there, it, people do get very connected and attached to their patients. Um, so, yeah. I can imagine. Yes. I don't, I haven't obviously experienced cancer, but I had two very high risk pregnancies and I would have to go five times a week. Well, three times a week I had to get, um, be monitored. And so I would go and I saw these same people three times a week for two months. And after my delivery, I missed them. I was like, oh, I don't get to go see my people anymore. And I, so I can imagine how that feels from the other way because maybe you see these patients for two or three months and, and then they're gone. I mean, and probably you right. know what happened because you're in the same facility and hopefully you know what happened, but sometimes maybe not. So I, you know, just well, one thing that's kind of definitely, yes. I saw that bonding there. Yeah. Well, and I've actually, I actually used my books in a little bit of, of way to memorialize. So every single one of Andrew's sisters and his mom uh, in perfect distraction are named after patients that I have loved and cared for. And actually my second book, my self-published book, Home Sweet Mess, Jenny is the heroine. She's the main character, and she's actually Andrew's twin sister. She, uh, in particular, is named after um, a young woman who died of lung cancer. Um, she was very young, in her 20s, and she probably had the biggest impact on me of any patient. And her, so even though she passed away, her mom has read the book, and her mom knows that it was dedicated to her. So the family members that have, you know, continued to, you know, have time on this earth, they, it's been really special to be able to sort of memorialize them uh, through the book. So that's another thing that I've um, been able to kind of do, so. That seems like it would mean a lot to those family members. It's very sweet. And are these books written in first person or do you have more of a third person perspective? I have, I gravitated toward third person. Um, I don't know why I've never, I've, I read in all types, so I've, you know, uh, Colleen Hoover is one of my favorite authors and she writes, you know, first person present, I think. I do third person past. It's just kind of what I started doing. Um, and it's just, that's the most comfortable for me. Um, I do think that as I've kind of grown as a writer um, and improved my craft, I have gotten much better at doing that kind of deep third person point of view where it doesn't feel like you're kind of on the outside. Um, that took some practice, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, third is where I gravitate to. I'm not going to promise I would never try something else, but that's so far everything I've written has been in that. Well, that's so interesting. Well, I was guessing it wasn't just first person or it wasn't just one perspective because you talked about Andrew and his sisters unless he was telling um, telling oh, everyone. I'm sorry, they're dual point of view. I'm sorry. I thought you meant, uh, yeah, so it's it's dual point of view. So it's the, the hero and the heroine both. Yes. Oh, but it's not them talking to you. It's still third person, right? Correct. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I meant. Like you're not doing dual point of view first person. So she's not talking and he's not talking, but I figured, so I figured it was either the dual point of view first person or third person so that you did get what was going on with him and his family and his emotions. And that would be, you know, round out the book. Yeah. In that story. Yeah. So far, all the ones I've, um, published uh, or that are kind of on the docket to publish or that third person dual point of view. Um, I have one that I'm working on that it does seem like it's going to fit better to be single point of view. So just from the heroine's point of view. Um, but otherwise, I, I even when I'm reading, I love to see both sides and, you know, you love to see each of them as they're falling in love and that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Neat. So tell me about your upcoming release. So um, would you rather... Um, it's, you know, it's sort of a, uh, comment on the healthcare system in America. <laughs> Not really. I mean, it's a love story, but the whole, the thing that spurs on, um, the story is Mia, who is the heroine. She has a kind of a chronic kidney condition that requires a very expensive medication. Um, and she's on the kidney transplant list and she, um, works at her best friend's um, architecture firm. Her best friend is Noah. They've been friends for forever. Um, he has sort of secretly been in love with her for a very long time, but they have just kind of kept things platonic. She has very vocally been against kind of commitment and marriage because she feels um, that there's so much that goes on with her illness and chronic condition that she doesn't want somebody else to have to kind of take on that burden, which that's just how she feels. That's, you know, many people, including Noah, would um, love to just be part of her life regardless. Um, but that's kind of her burden that she has felt. And she has the opportunity to go back to school and finish her degree. But to do that, she'd have to quit her job and not have health insurance. And so um, Noah says, well, why don't we, you know, just get married uh, in name only, and you can keep the same health insurance that you have now because we work at the same place. And it's just a very good insurance plan. And so um, they get married. Um, but just to make sure the company doesn't, you know, kind of get suspicious, they go ahead and, you know, pretend it's real and she moves in. And um, of course, then, you know, things start getting a little tense, them living in the same house and um, feelings start to change. And there's a lot of kind of chemistry and tension there. So um, that's kind of the setup of it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I can tell that I can just sense like the emotion and the, the tension and everything that would come out of that. I can't imagine just agreeing to marry someone out of, for insurance, but I guess, you know, um, it does happen probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, health insurance can be critical, especially if you have, you know, something, you know, that you need expensive medications or, or that kind of thing. And, you know, most of my book, even though, you know, even in this book that the medical piece isn't the, the main thread. I mean, that's kind of what um, is the catalyst for them getting married and then kind of being put in a situation where they're together all the time and kind of realizing their attraction and thing. Um, but even though it's not the medical kind of storyline isn't the you know main focus of the story, but I will say most of my books do have some sort of medical kind of sub twist or reason. It's just, it's what I do for a living. And so it's easy for me to kind of write authentic authentically without, to be honest, having to take a lot of time to research. <laughs> uh, you know, time is sparse these days. So uh, mo most of my books do have a little bit of a medical twist to them. Um, so 
Well, they say write what you know, and I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan, so anything in with that I usually am attracted to. Before that, I mean, I'm dating myself. It was ER before that. Yep. And then yep. I'm the same. Grey's Anatomy, um, it kind of lost me when they had to wear the mask. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was like, I'm out. I can't watch people wearing masks on TV. So I haven't gotten back to it yet. I kind of fell off Grey's um, after a lot of the kind of initial cast started kind of like filtering out. I think I watched it pretty pretty religiously through about season five or so or season six but I can't I mean what has it been on for like 15 or something oh, years now yeah. longer it's than that amazing yeah uh but yeah the, yeah yeah dating myself too but yeah the early the early ones were really where I <laughs> kind of connected so yeah George Clooney right <laughs> yeah I, I feel like with a um not the same type of ending because for me I'm a firm believer in the um happily ever after of romance um but I feel like my perfect distraction the first book has a little bit Denny and Izzy vibes in terms of the provider falling for the patient and so um but with a happier outcome I still have <laughs> that's good yeah that, actually we can see that one circling the drain unfortunately I I, I like yeah. I've never recovered from Denny's <laughs> loss, I don't think. No, nobody <laughs> did, I don't think. <laughs> but I wasn't going to ask you about the ending because it seemed like it could be pretty heavy. So I'm glad you said happily ever after. That's totally my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm not going to say that there aren't heavy parts in the book, um, but I any I cannot imagine every book that I've written. And at this point, um, even though three three and with another coming. So four right now I have kind of publishing, you know, contracts for, but I've written 12. I just, I'm a, I write a lot and I write fast. All of them end with an HEA happily ever after. I, if I wanted to write something or if I felt like the story was going to go that direction, I, I don't, I wouldn't market it as a romance. It would, you know, be a love story that would go in women's fiction or something. I think that's a pretty important kind of um, element of the genre to keep intact. <laughs> The other thing I thought of when you said you um, published a romance, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, was that there were these memes going around or authors were saying, I pulled my mask down and he kissed me, you know? <laughs> like, um, obviously you wrote it before then, so you couldn't have predicted, but I haven't seen anybody do that in a book yet. Not that I, I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna do it. Just like me not watching, wanting to watch Grey's Anatomy with mask, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It sort of felt like, you know, I did see kind of in the first several months of the pandemic, a lot of authors like on Twitter or other social media kind of talking about like, so we're all agreeing to just pretend that this isn't a thing in our books, right? And, uh, you know, and I think some are going to write it in and, and you know, that's fine. Um, I have not yet. Um, so far, everything that I've written has kind of just been in a pre-pandemic world even if it is current and contemporary I just um I don't know it's it was hard to decide to do it when when it, we're still not out of it I mean it's still not nobody knows kind of when the other side will be and what things will be like so I just didn't want to assume that things will go back to total normal or anything like that so I think for me anyway I have left that out of anything I've written <laughs> Yes, that'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. I'm writing my next romance right now as well, and I haven't written anything about the pandemic. And well, and 
I'm sort of an ostrich person, so I would rather just believe that it's not happening. So that's what I do in my writing <laughs> as well. And I don't want to read that it's happening either. So I like that escape. And so hopefully, you know, it'll be interesting to see in a couple of years if, excuse me, it gets integrated into the literature just so we remember. Um, right. Obviously, there's historic history written about the first two or at least two pandemics that we know of so right yeah it's it's i agree it'll be who knows but for now i'm with you i like the you know what i just kind of want to read about you know and not that romances can't have heavy topics i mean mine certainly do they kind of fall on some of the more serious side um but are still, will end with a feeling of hope and happiness at the end. And so not that they can't have heavy topics, but for me, I would rather, yeah, escape into something that isn't kind of just the real downer that's happening all over the world right now. <laughs> right. Well, and I think people gravitate to those real stories too, because almost everyone has something that happens in their life that is life-changing or hard, or that is a challenge either emotionally or physically. And to read about it and help yourself process um, through someone else's story, I think can be important as well. Absolutely. And even, you know, seeing how um, a couple can kind of overcome some of those things in their past to, you know, learn to trust another person or to kind of let love in and just kind of how they can, um, whether it's leaning on each other or even through um, kind of a love story, learning how to believe in themselves and do things on their own and um, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think I totally agree. Um, kind of those independent um, pathways that they each take and then being able to kind of come together um, I agree. That's my, fa I mean, my favorite part of romance. So I love it. <laughs> Super fun. Well, I'm going to be one clicking and I think my listeners will as well remind us of the titles and where we can find you. Sure. So Perfect Distraction um, was published by Entangled in March of 2020. Um, that one um, is, uh, it is virtual anywhere. It is paperback on Amazon. Um, Home Sweet Mess um, is a also on Amazon and, and then also um, digital on other platforms. And then Would You Rather um, will be coming out March of this, or excuse me, August of this year. Oh man, I wish it was March. It feels so far away to be August. Um, but that one will actually, so be on digital platforms and online, but it will also be an audiobook and in stores and Barnes and Noble and those kind of things. Um, and uh, that one is on August 23rd um, of 2022. And I am most active on Twitter. I don't know why that has just been, I joined that only for author uh, reasons a couple of years ago. Um, I didn't even know how to use it. The first time I tried to retweet something, I did it wrong. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love it now. And so that's kind of my primary um, social media platform. Um, I'm at Allison Author on there. And then um, Instagram, I also uh, use a fair amount. Uh, that one is at author Allison Ashley. So great. Well, thank you so much for being here, and we wish you great success in your coming release. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, Make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening 
And until next time, keep finding the magic.